Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host attorney Rodney Dowell here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the On Billable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast, helping attorneys in their practice, especially solo or small firms. We're glad you could listen today on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Rodney Dow, Director of the Massachusetts Law Office Management Program, offering free consultations to Massachusetts attorneys to improve their business practices. You can find more about our program at www.masslomap.org, and you can find one of our many articles about law office management at our Mass Lomap blog, the Law Practice Advisor, masslomap.blogspot.com. There you'll also find our blog roll featuring the best law practice management blogs in the country. With me today is Adriana Linares. Adriana is a legal technology consultant and trainer, the president of Law Tech Partners based in Orlando, Florida. She also writes the blog iHeartTech. Adriana, I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Well, thanks for inviting me, Rodney. I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited too. And I think the last time that uh, you and I were together was at the ABA Tech Show, which I know you're intimately involved with uh, and always put on great presentations on technology there. It's one of my absolute favorite conferences and shows to be a part of and to help it together. And I wish every attorney in this country would, would come to Tech Show one year because it's just so valuable and so good. And so many of us volunteer our time to make sure that it's successful. And every year it's, it's been great. This was a great year. And I know next year is going to be even better. It's the 25th anniversary. Oh, that's great. And I think one of the things I really enjoy is in particular the, the sessions uh, the types of sessions that you do at the tech show and other training seminars around the country, uh, and which is really the uh, uh, discussion point of your most uh, recent uh, series on your blog, uh, the 10 critical computer skills every attorney should know. Uh, I was really impressed with that series. And I want to just ask you a little bit about uh, a little bit more about what you do and why it's important, and then maybe get back and talk about the blog uh, a little bit. Well, I have been for the past almost 15 years, I can't even believe it, um, basically more than anything, training lawyers on how to use their computers. So when I first started my career 15, 14 years ago, I worked in-house at one of Florida's largest law firms. They'd never had a trainer. I was the first trainer they hired and I started the training programs there. And I thought it was kind of a joke with my friends and my mom when I got that job. I said, well, mom, I got this job at a law firm training lawyers how to use their computers. And she said, well, how long is that going to take? I said, well, I'm sure it's not going to take but a year and then I'll probably have to find another job. And we still laugh about that today because there was no way within a year that I could train all of those lawyers how to use just the skills, I mean, the software and the technology that they had, much less what we kept introducing to them. So here I am 15 years later doing consulting and technology audits and all that stuff. But, you know, in my heart of hearts, I still love more than anything training and teaching lawyers how to do things. The problem is, and it's a big problem, is that it's always basic training. I mean, just a month ago, I was in Boca Raton at a 
big law firm and it's actually a, a national law firm. And I was in their Boca Raton office, corner office partner. This guy, sweetheart, really smart, very successful, literally did not know how to copy and paste. And I had to show him how to copy and paste. And it was the greatest thing he could have ever learned, you know, was how to copy and paste because of all the things that he could now do. I mean, I know I shouldn't even be shocked that I still, you know, encounter attorneys like that, (laughs) but I was shocked and it never stops. And I just can't believe how often this happens. Now there's always exceptions. There are many attorneys who are, are pretty technology savvy. There are only a few that are very truly technology savvy in a way that makes them efficient where they don't have to rely so much on their staff. Um, I'm not saying every lawyer needs to be a techie. They don't. I I realize lawyers want to practice law, but there are just some basic things that I I think it's, uh, it's embarrassing that attorneys don't know how to do some of these basic things. And this, that's, you know, what the series is a part of. I've only gotten four or five of, of the points out, but they're basic and everybody should know how to do them. And I think they're quite easy. Well, I think, I think that's, that's right. And, but it's so important because actually it seems like they're revolutionary moments, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's kind of for the attorney who's actually learning these very basic things that make them incredibly more efficient. I mean, in some ways it's like when uh, iPhone uh, introduced the cut and paste module on their iPhone, all of a sudden it became a much more useful object. But for the uh, same perspective for this, that attorney that you were working with uh, on his cut and paste in a simple Word document. I'm sure it just revolutionized his use of the computer. It's it's unbelievable. It's something as simple. I mean, I can't even believe we would sit around talking about cut and paste for this long, but as long as we are, you know, once they learn how to cut and paste, okay, that's great. And most of them, that guy was truly an exception. Most attorneys know how to cut and paste, I think. You know, even in understanding how to use the clipboard cut and paste function in Word. Every week, every week, I'm not kidding, I do some Word training and I show secretaries and paralegals about the clipboard in Word that helps them collect up to 24 copies or cuts and then continue working. Their eyes, every session I do, their eyes open up wide and they go, holy cow, is that going to save me some time? And that's all really training wants to do in the end is save time. The number one problem in every single law firm that I have stepped foot in, and even the ones I haven't stepped foot in, I, I can tell you right now, if you're a lawyer and you have a law firm, you've got the biggest problem. And the biggest problem is wasting time. And the biggest waste of time comes from not having these basic computer skills. And, and the basic training to, to teach all those people, right, How to, which is where you come in and, and trainers throughout the, uh, the United States. The you, people, attorneys need to bring these people in and, and not do what I do, which is think that every uh, soft or every person will know how to use stuff intuitively or just figure it out because some people don't have the time or don't have the inclination to do that. And it's a huge waste of time if they can bring in a trainer. Uh, I think to teach people how to do it quickly. It's a, it's an, it's amazing what one hour with a trainer will 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 do for an attorney or a paralegal or a secretary. It's, it's just unbelievable. Now the thing is, a lot of them they don't realize trainers exist. 
They don't realize, they don't even realize, you know, you can go to Microsoft.com. If you don't have the resources or, you know, uh, if you can't find a legal technology trainer, just going to Microsoft.com and, and looking at the training modules that they have on there. It's unbelievable. They have great resources on the internet. But the thing is, nobody ever has the time. Uh, you know, I went, I was in a training session last week again, and and these ladies say to me, the, the paralegals and the secretaries that were in there, this has been great, Adriana. We, we wish we had more time. And I looked at them and I said, let me tell you, I have never walked in a law firm and met a single person who said, I've got so much time on my hands, Adriana, train me. You know, everybody's busy. We get it everybody's busy, but they really need to take the time just like they do, you know, take time out of the day to go to the dentist or take a CLE session. Just like you take time out of your busy day to do other things that aren't necessarily billable, they really need to find the time for training. It's, it's imperative. I mean, they're It's survival. Right. And, and the, uh, and the training immediately pays dividends, right? I mean, on increased efficiency, Instantly. uh, getting documents out more quickly. Now we'd been talking about cut and paste and your use of the clipboard and stuff. And I believe that one of your blog, uh, articles recently was about word processing skills and, uh, as part of one of the 10 critical, uh, skills. Can you give me a couple examples of besides using the clipboard of other things that you, uh, suggest, uh, attorneys and their staff learn on for word processing skills? Yeah, definitely. Um, along with the, the clipboard, which we've talked about and, you know, if somebody's listening to this and they don't know what the clipboard is, just Google the words Microsoft Word clipboard and they'll be able to come across it. Um, the other couple of things that I think are really important is when you copy and paste. So when they do a paste into an, a Word document, whether they have pasted from Westlaw or, or Lexis or the internet or a WordPerfect document into Word or another Word document or copied and pasted from Outlook, it doesn't matter. When you paste into Word, and this is true of 2003, I know 2007 and 2000, 2010, of course, if they have it already, but every single time you paste something into Word, this little clipboard, clip, what is it called? Paste options button appears underneath their clipping. First of all, I'm always shocked at how many people haven't even noticed it. Then people who have noticed it, I'm always shocked at the number of people that ignore it. Then the ones that have noticed it and don't ignore it, I can't believe how many people have never just clicked on it to see what it does. <laughs> so if you've got a listener right now, you know, I, I, I want that person to copy and paste something into Word and look for that clipboard and actually click on it. And you'll see that what that does is it gives you paste options that are actually in what I jokingly refer to as the reverse best order. By default, what Word does is it pays stuff. If you copy things off the internet and it's blue and it's got a hyperlink and it's in italics and it's in Verdana font, when you paste it into Word, it almost always pastes it exactly as it came from the source. So it'll paste it in blue with a hyperlink, Verdana, bold, whatever I said. Well, you don't want Word to do that. You really want Word because it's a living program. It's not dead. You want it to paste the text to match the text around it, which is the second option, not the best either, or the third option, which is text only, which means it strips anything you've pasted of any formatting, any code, anything that's attached to that text and drops it in there as if you had typed it from scratch. Word documents are the bane of so many people's existence in law firms. And I cannot stand hearing the following phrase. 
I hate word. You cannot hate something you don't know. And that's what they do. They hate it because word is alive and it wants to do things and it thinks it's being helpful. But it's like Mars and Venus. If you don't know what word is doing, word doesn't know what you're doing. You have a big communication problem. So what a lot of word documents will do is they, you know, people will say word did this to me, or I touched one thing and it changed everything. Well, there are reasons word does that just like there are reasons, you know, women do things that they do and you men just don't get it. And we think you should. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I think some of us are just stuck with, you know, like for 10 years ago, although I use word all the time, I mean, still I have this like, you know, romantic notion of word perfect with its uh, reveal codes, you know, so I can just like play with things, right? <laughs> it's so funny. And you know what? Word has reveal codes. And we always, I always start, you know, a lot of word sessions with that. And it literally takes one minute to learn how word reveals codes. But people don't, you know, they just don't have the time. So back to the original point, which is yeah. copy and paste the clipboard that paste options button, you always want to select keep text only. It's the best. It's going to keep your documents from doing funky things. And then maybe the other quick tip instead of, um, you know, a a word processing tip so much is you learn how to use the auto text and the auto correct features in word, because those can really save you a lot of time. The macros that you miss from word perfect, a lot of them can be recreated with auto text and auto correct. So just as a quick tip, you can go to tools autocorrect and you'll look at the list there. Um, a lot of times, for example, if you type a open paren, small c, close paren, it turns it into the copyright symbol. People hate that. Well, one, just press control Z as soon as it does it to you or go into tools autocorrect and find that entry in the list. You're going to see two columns there, a column for turn this into that, which is the second column. So you can go in there and remove the autocorrect features that annoy you. And you can also create a lot of your own. So my name is Adriana Linares. And it's not the longest name, but, you know, it's 14 letters that if I go into that list and tell it every time I type AL and hit the space bar, expand it into Adriana Linares. You can also do something as simple as on this day of... If you type that a lot, you can create a little, you know, macro. If every time I type OTD space bar, expand it to on this day of. So those types of little tips are really helpful in Word. So those would be my three or four kind of, if you're going to learn something today, start there. Right. I, I, those are great. Those are great tips. And, uh, uh, but, but, and I think you're right. Let's move on to a couple of other, your blog posts. I think, uh, one of the other things that maybe your most recent one is understanding metadata. And I have to say, I'm not for sure that even I completely understand, but certainly when I go in and talk to a group of attorneys about technology and this issue comes up, I mean, I, I mean, met with a wall of blank faces on it. Can you tell us a little bit about what it means to be uh, the metadata and why it's of importance to attorneys? Yeah. And I think in my blog post, I even said, you don't even need to understand what it is. It's kind of like, you know, trying to understand men. Okay. I don't understand men, <laughs> but I like men. I love them and I try to work with them, but I'm never going to understand you. So fine. Metadata for some attorneys are, is like this. You don't need to understand what it is. You don't need to get into the technical nature of it. You just need to understand the problem that it can cause you. So very, very simply put, metadata is information about how, 
when and what you did to a document is stored in the guts of the document, wherein you wouldn't see it if you're just looking at it and printing it. But if you take a look inside, it's it's kind of like lifting up the hood of the engine. It's a real pretty little red Mercedes out there and it looks really nice. But if you open it up, open up the doors, I've had my four dogs in it and, you know, I spilled some coffee in it and you can get inside my car and you can tell I have dogs. You can tell I drank coffee. You can tell I ate Chick-fil-A yesterday because there's a waffle fry underneath the seat. So you... That's what metadata is. You don't necessarily see it till you look around and get inside of it. So for a lot of attorneys, the problem has been, and this is, let me give you the best and easiest case scenario. Attorneys move from one law firm to another all the time. When they do that, they often take their documents with them. And we're talking mostly about Word here. Um, metadata exists in all types of documents, but let's talk about Word first and foremost because it's kind of the, you know, the, the, the problem child for, for law firms when it comes to metadata. And don't think WordPerfect doesn't have metadata in it because it does as well. So a lawyer moves from one law firm to another. Well, let's say he worked at um, Linares Law Firm. If he worked at Linares Law Firm for many years, all of his documents could have metadata in it that say this document was created at Linares Law Firm. The easiest place to find very easy metadata is in Word to go to File properties. When you go to file properties, which most people don't, most attorneys have never, why would you bother? Under file properties, you're going to see um, creator, author, owner, I can't remember even exactly what it says, but it'll say Linares Law Firm in there. Then all they do is they they look at the IT department and they say, hey, I'm leaving Linares Law Firm. I'm going to Smith Law Firm. Can I have my documents with me? Or can I take my documents with me? Or they just take copies of all of those documents. So now you go over to Smith Law Firm. You've got your 200 forms, your favorite documents, the best work you've ever done. And you move them onto your new computer at Smith Law Firm. Great. So now you start working on behalf of Smith Law Firm and you email, you're emailing Word documents out there. And if I get your Word document and I happen to go to file properties, you haven't done anything. Even if you've copied and pasted into it and done a save as, you haven't done anything to remove the fact that originally that document came from Linares Law Firm. I can see that information under file properties. This happens all day long, every day. And every attorney that has ever gotten a Word document from another attorney and said, wow, that's a really great agreement. I'm going to keep it and use it for myself. I know you guys don't do that, but I'm just saying hypothetically. <laughs> um, I know. <laughs> yeah, occasionally, right? Just okay. occasionally. Yeah. Should that happen? Well, you can send me that document, that agreement, and had made all of your changes to it and put all your knowledge and your experience and all your, your legal know-how into it. But if I go to file properties, I can still see that at some point that document sat on Rodney Dowell's computer. So that's what metadata is. And it's offensive to me that attorneys, secretaries, and paralegals don't know about it today, considering how much has been written. There's ethics opinions on it. Most of the bars have, you know, information about how they feel about it on their websites and how you can fix it and all this stuff. I cannot believe every week I still come across people that work in law firms have no idea what metadata is. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, uh, we need to take a short break. Uh, and when we return, we're going to let you uh, finish your thought about metadata and uh, a couple other questions before we wrap up for the day. Engage your brain. Go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and listen to all the great legal podcasts. 
Interested in having a show on Legal Talk Network? We'd like to talk to you about building your firm's marketing strategy with legal podcasts. Give us a call at 781-551-9960. That's LegalTalkNetwork.com. Someone's at the door. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, I need to do that too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to WestLegalEdCenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. Perfect. I'll do that right now. Welcome back to the On Billable Hour on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Rodney Dow, pleased to be joined today by Adriana Linares. We're discussing 10 critical computer skills for attorneys. Adriana, we were also just uh, talking about uh, metadata and uh, the, the fact that so few people realize what it, that it's there, that it's existing in documents, uh, that they're distributing documents with it. And as you also noted, I mean, it, you know, not only does it have ethical implications, but it has malpractice implications. And uh, attorneys are getting in trouble because they're not, they're sending out documents with confidential information uh, still uh, in the document through this metadata uh, process. Uh, But let me go ahead and let you turn back to that uh, before we really wrap up the show. So we were just saying, you know, explaining what it is. And then the goal really with my blog post was you don't necessarily need to know all that technical stuff. What you want to know is how to avoid sending metadata in documents and how to clean it up. So the first tip is you should implement a PDF first policy in your law firm, which is when ask yourself this question and make sure your secretaries and paralegals and your associates and everyone else in your law firm, when I'm emailing a document, ask myself this question. Does the recipient need to edit this? If the answer is no, then convert it to a PDF and send it as a PDF and you've gotten rid of most of your metadata issues. Of course, the PDF is going to have metadata of its own, but let's not get into that whole discussion. But it's going to have what time it was created and maybe the you know the user that created it. It's not going to have any of that old data of where did the document originally come from. So first thing is implement a PDF first policy. And if you don't have a PDF creator, get one. I very rarely will say to a law firm or a lawyer, you must do this. But the one must that you must do is you must have a PDF creator on your computer, on every computer that communicates with the outside world. Of course, Adobe Acrobat is my favorite. It's the best. But there are a lot of other options out there that allow you to create a PDF. So, And that's another tip, by the way. Yeah. And what do you think about the ones that are built into Word, WordPerfect, OpenOffice? I think they're great. They're, they're all better right. than nothing. Those are great okay. for simply creating a PDF. The reason that I love Acrobat so much is because all of because of all of the other things you can do with Acrobat, which is another tip. Once you have Acrobat standard on your computer, and most attorneys don't realize this, it does a lot more than just create and read PDFs. You can remove pages, add pages, you can sign documents, you can annotate documents, you can um, if you've got the uh, pro version of Acrobat, you can redact and bait stamp stamp documents. So that's another tip 
for attorneys when it comes to technology. Do not skimp. Spend a few hundred dollars on Adobe Acrobat and then learn how to use it. <laughs> well, Adriana, this has been a great series of tips. And as we discussed earlier, I mean, your blog has 10 critical tips or will by the time you're in done with this series. I mean, and uh, in particular, ones that stood out for me and w- ones that I think attorneys should go look at. Uh, in addition to the ones we've already discussed are the ones uh, about desktop searching, configuring your email, which I know is coming up, uh, understanding filing management systems and so forth. But before uh, we completely wrap up, I want to ask you a little bit about um, how uh, you provide training. I mean, do you only go into offices or do you do uh, Internet-based training? or And what do you find to be most effective? I do. I do both. I have been traveling the country and even occasionally get lucky enough to get an international gig because I speak Spanish. And actually, next Friday, this is just a little pat on my own back. Next Friday, I'm leaving on a Mediterranean cruise with the solo small firm section of the Florida Bar. They invited me to be their CLE speaker on the sea. So I do training in person, law firm's bring me in. But I, of course, do a lot of web-based training and I even do hold my own sessions over the internet. So whether it's a law firm themselves who's called me or a solo practitioner that's called me in and said, can you come to my office? I visit them physically or I just do it over the internet through go-to-meeting sessions, which can be really successful. Um, In my opinion, face-to-face training, like anything else, is always better. But if you can't do that, if the resources aren't there, if the person's not local enough, then web-based is better than nothing, and it can be very successful as well. Well, obviously, you have a wealth of information to share, and I, I find that the, the tips you gave today and the tips that are on your blog are just incredibly helpful for attorneys, and I look at them all the time myself to try to make myself more uh, efficient. Uh, and as we wrap up this edition of the Unbillable Hour, uh, can you tell us, Adriana, how people can uh, get a hold of you if they want to and where they can find more a- about you? Sure. Well, my blog that I also love very much, and thank you for the nice compliments on that, Rodney. I, I wish I had more time to dedicate to it, but it's at iHeartTech, which is H-E-A-R-T-T-E-C-H. Well, it's iHeartTech. And my website is lawtechpartners.com. I can always be reached through either of those resources. Oh, that's great. Well, I uh, really appreciate you taking the time to help us today and help all of our listeners uh, improve their practices. You can also find out more about me, Rodney Dow, at MaslowMap.org and follow our our blog, uh, MaslowMap.blogspot.com and on Twitter at at Rodney Dow, where I hope we can continue this discussion in 140 characters or less. Remember, you can also find this podcast and all Legal Talk Network shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com and iTunes as well. I hope you will join us again in the next on Billable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast with attorney Rodney Dowell. Join us again for the next edition right here on the Legal Talk Network.
Learn by Doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu interactive or download PLI's mobile app.